be inspired to love life, to achieve extraordinary feats, and to change the world around you for the better. Welcome to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story with Kathleen Marriott. It's Cole Mabry's third story today. We're chasing eclipses with the Starman. Well, it's lovely to be back, Dad. Cole Mabry, it's nice to see you again. It's nice to talk to you again. It's nice to be back to Love Your Life, Tell Your Story. And what is the story that we've got this week? Well, I'd like to have a talk about the eclipses that I've been to and also eclipses all over the world. I know you've been to a lot, so tell us about which was your favourite eclipse that you've been to? Obviously the first. I couldn't believe that it could be happening. An eclipse is a very rare, comparatively rare thing where the orbiting moon and the sun come in line and the moon actually blocks out the, the sun's light. And when that happens, the whole world goes dark. It takes about two hours to actually get to full dark. But when it gets to dark, you can hear the animals all hankering down for the night and chirping in the trees, the birds chirping in the trees. And all around you, you can see a thin sliver of light at the ground. And the sun itself has a wonderful corona a million degrees of actual gas illuminating off from the sun and the black circle of the moon inside it. And that lasts for anything up to about seven minutes is the maximum, but usually it's around about two minutes. Although the eclipse that's going on in Western Australia in a month's time on the 20th of April it's only going to last for about seven seconds. So Seven seconds, that's all. We're driving across there to see a seven-second phenomenon. But the first one I ever had was at Sejuna. It took us five days by bus to get across to Sejuna. It's, it's the start of the Nullarbor Plain in South Australia. So, so you left from Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia to drive to Sejuna? Well, in a bus from uh, from Sydney, I went with the Sydney, the Sutherland Astronomical Society Incorporated, and a friend of mine, Lou Pagano, is the organiser. He's a school teacher and a wonderful organiser. And so he organised three buses and uh, about 40, 40 or 50 people to go across to Sejuna and see the eclipse. An eclipse that started in South Africa and spanned across the Indian Ocean and actually landed in Sejuna and came ashore there and went about 100, 150 kilometres up into Australia. So we only had a short amount of time. And do people gather from South Africa in spots across the planet to witness the, the eclipse? Yes, they all saw it. And sometimes people even go by ship there. In every eclipse, there'll be one or two or sometimes three ships that go into the path and anchor there and wait. And they have the advantage of obviating bad weather and clouds and that sort of thing. So an eclipse is a, uh, is a gamble when all said and done, a gamble with the weather. But it's a marvellous feeling and you can hear people scream and call out and, and so on as it goes to full eclipse. Is there a name for a, an eclipse gatherer? Eclipsophile. Eclipsophile. 
Okay. How many people were there at Sojourner? How many Clipser files were in Sojourner? In Sojourner, that, that was the early days and we were just starting to get the whole world, um, or the Western world anyway, had to get the money to go to these places. And, of course, we're only just starting to have the money and travel as as we are want now. And there were about 2,000 at, uh, at Sojourner, but I've been to one in America at St. Joseph in, um, in Illinois, I think it is, uh, and there were over 20,000. 20,000? 20,000, all in one field on the edge of the river. Oh, magnificent. And what's it like to be amongst uh, 20,000 eclipsophiles? Eerie. Because we came from Australia, they, everyone was in awe of the fact that we'd come from Australia. And so we were interviewed by BBC and all these different world news organisations about how how come we'd come from Australia to actually see an eclipse. So you're a bit of a rock star when you arrive at oh, <laughs> a destination de- like that. Definitely. Lou, Lou always likes to have me with him, with him because I can take the overflow and he, he says, I'll take this one, you take that one over there. And so uh, I go to that. Have you got a story to tell? We'd love to hear it. Connect with Love Your Life, Tell Your Story now on Facebook and Instagram. So you described a feeling of being in awe and seeing the eclipse. What is the feeling? Take us down that path, the journey of the feeling. Well, one of the best ones that we ever did was a friend of mine from Iceland, Snowo Goodmanson, came down from Iceland to meet us in Turkey and we met there and we filmed from the old ruined theatre of Apollo on the beach of Antalya and with thousands of other people from everywhere, even from Norway and places like that. And then Snowmore sent it back, sent the information that that we'd taken on our cameras and sent it back to uh, Iceland and it was on the evening news there. So that was a big kick. And especially to have a um, an Icelander and pronouncing in Icelandic the warning and what's going on. So the feeling sounds like it's pretty exciting. It is. It is very exciting. Very exciting. So exciting feeling and then a lot of other people gather into that excitement as well of the awe of watching the eclipse. Yes. That's wonderful. So tell me about that journey in Turkey. That sounds like it was a pretty unique experience to go to Turkey to watch an eclipse. Can you tell us about that experience? Well, Turkey is one of the oldest countries in the world, you know, oldest as far as civilization is concerned. And of course, they have lots of monuments to the to the Romans. When I say monuments, I mean buildings that were... Um, that were built by the Romans and the streets and the shops and things like that. And one of the weird things, Kathleen, that I did, I remembered hearing about the fact that uh, that the destruction of the shuttle, the space shuttle um, Challenger, was due to the fact that the, the solid fuel booster rockets had to come in sections by train and they had to be joined up by O-rings and the O-rings were soft rubber inserts that, that fitted the two together. But there'd been a very cold morning and so consequently the, um, 
the rubber had shrunk a little and had come away. And this allowed gas to come out from the burning rocket and catch a light and actually burn a hole through the tank. When it burnt a hole through the tank, it exploded and seven astronauts died in that horrible explosion. Mm. You can imagine what it's like to have that sort of thing happen. But it was due to the fact that the factory was a long way away and the only way they could transport these rockets were in pieces and by train. And the weird thing about it is practically all over the world, the railways are still dependent on the size of the Roman chariot. Really? The Roman chariot had two horses in front. Yes. And its wheels were four feet, eight and a half inches apart. That was yes. their, their Roman thing. And when we are in Turkey... So, so, sorry, can you just stop there, Dad? So you're saying that the, the gauge of the railway lines that we have around the world today are the same as the chariot wheels? Yes. And, Still. And the chariot wheels were iron onto wood. Yes. And they had to be exactly the same, otherwise they would rip the wheels off when they went into a furrow yes. that had been dug by previous wheels. So nobody has ever changed that gauge? No. Still? Still. <laughs> really? Well, why would you? It's a good, good okay. one. So our modern carriages, railway carriages today, are based on a chariot from the Romans. Yes. Got you. Okay, continue with the story. Right. I just wanted to clarify that. And so he was Snowar and I standing in the street down which, in Turkey, yes. down which Roman chariots had gone and we had the big facades of shops and things like yeah. that. So can I just clarify to you the connection to the fall of the rocket? Well, the... The fact that they're at four foot eight and a half inches yes. wide meant they couldn't have too long. The cur- curves then are a radius of that. Okay. You see what I mean? Yep. So consequently, they couldn't have too long rockets. The rockets too long, the carriages wouldn't go around the corner. Okay. So right. So it all connects back to a, a chariot. To, to a chariot. A oh, chariot. wow. And so I'm aware of this and I'm standing in the And you're street, thinking of this while you're I'm in Turkey. While I'm in Turkey. Okay, I'm with you. And I suddenly thought, maybe the chariot wheel ruts are here. Yeah. And I grabbed a small piece of wood, a small stick, and I scraped away the gravel and there, to my surprise, was a chariot wheel wearing base so i could actually right there see we're right in there turkey while i was standing where you went to see an eclipse so, <laughs> so okay two thousand years ago yeah when the romans left turkey they left behind that and here i was two thousand years later gone to see an eclipse gone to see an eclipse and looking at this furrow that was dug by the romans thinking about a fallen rocket and here you are with the gauge of the railway, and here you are finding this there. Yes. What an experience. Eerie. <laughs> yes. And I called Snowar and I said, look, that's a Roman chariot wheel. Yeah. Dug that. And he went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, we've got to catch up. <laughs> and this is why you love your life, Dad. Yeah. <laughs>
And this is how you became a stargazer, <laughs> or one of the reasons why you are a stargazer. Quest- questioning that, Kathleen. Okay. Always questioning <laughs> what is out there. Yeah. Yeah. Who did it? How your mind works, Dad. Are you from a company that wants to connect with thought leaders from across the globe featured on the Love Your Life, Tell Your Story podcast? Email Kathleen at KathleenMarriott.com.au. So what else? Tell me more about Turkey. I'm very interested in the eclipse in Turkey. As I said, we, we photographed the eclipse and people were coming up to have a look through our, um, our telescope at the, at the sun that had a sun filter on it and was um, recording the whole process. But before that went on, people were coming over. And as I said, they came from Norway and Denmark and uh, England and all all places around the world. And when you meet these people from all over the world while you're at these eclipses, these eclipsophiles, do you stay in contact with them? No, not really. No? No, it's just nice to have like people there and know about them. At Sejuna, for example, it was actually lovely. I was... Um, watching the eclipse and I kissed Marcia in the middle of the dark, you know, in yeah, a, in a few you. seconds. And then I, I thought, hang on, the camera. And I grabbed the camera and spun it up because at that time it's dark. Yes. And I took a photo. That photo, I put it into NASA and it was put on their album for that eclipse. Oh, how beautiful. And, and lasted there for... You know, it's been there, what, since 2002, so it's lasted there for 21 years. So your photo was published, published. just a random photo that you took? I just put it up, took the photo in in a second, and I got what they call the the diamond ring, which is the sun starting to break out from the shadow of the moon and spurting out waves of luminescent into space. And another moment of loving your life. Yes. Yes, how special. Well, that's just a beautiful story of your eclipse journeys, and there's been many, and so, of course, you're now looking forward to the next eclipse and only a little over a month away or two months away to go to the next one with your good friend again. Yes, and I can't get over the fact that there's a little tiny finger of land called Northwest Cape that pokes out into the Indian Ocean, from Western Australia at the utmost point of Western Australia and that's the only place where it will be seen in Australia. We actually, the uh, eclipse will travel along our western coast and it will only be able to be seen from that point. And how long is expected for this eclipse to last? I think all told about 24 seconds. 24 seconds. And so eclipsophiles will travel from all over the world to see this 24-second phenomenon. Yes. It will be longer up in Indonesia, so any in boats and things like that will go up to Indonesia. It goes right across Indonesia and then breaks out into the Atlantic and, uh, and the Pacific. And what do you think it is about your mind, Dad, that works in this fascinating way, that has these moments in time, that thinks about chariot wheels and railway tracks and fallen rockets that has these incredible experiences and captures moments that others appreciate so much that they put your photos on NASA's websites or publishers' stories that come out and are appreciated by people all over the world. What do you think it is about you that 
have others love your life the way they do? What is it? Well, I love the challenge of anything, of trying to find out why, how and where and whatever, and also pushing the envelope. For example, I, um, I named a hill on Mars after Nobby's head, and it's, um, it's now gone down in history and, and in um, exploration of Mars as Nobby's head on Mars, Warragamba. So do you think it is that you you take risk, those small risks or those calculated risks, that are, they're calculated, and then you do have the knowledge, obviously, so there's a lot of reading and research that you do, but there's also those risks that you take. Oh, yes. Well, I like it. I like the risks and um, going to places that um, no one has ever been or whatever or um, or looking up. I've worked in instrumentation all my life and it's always been the cutting edge of uh, technology. You know, I've seen electronics go from valve theory all the way through uh, transistors into integrated circuits, into large-scale integrated circuits and then giant. And as technology got better, so did the electronics and that enables us to go to the moon, to go to Jupiter, to go to Mars, to go to um, even Pluto on the outskirts of the solar system. So it sounds like, as well as your wisdom, there is a great perseverance in what you do. So you've persevered for all of these years in understanding electronics, understanding the stars and understanding what's been going on in the world of astronomy with perseverance and seeking and knowing. Yes, and... It's been very exciting doing those sort of things and actually actually seeing it. I have so many memories of errors and um, the way the, the errors were corrected and then made part of the technology and so it went on. Errors? Can you explain that to me too? I'll give you an example. When I was on my electronics course at the School of Signals Balcom, the instructor, Sergeant Jimmy Massini, held up a little tiny transistor radio that someone had brought back from Japan. And it was the first one we'd ever seen. We had big radios that were great big clunky things that we carried around, but they were portable, but they had big heavy batteries and were costly to run. And he said, here's a new little tiny radio, look at that, but I'll tell you why it'll never take on, because it has bad selectivity and sensitivity. And those, those are things that you need in a radio. And I said, but, but sir, obviously it only takes one little 9-volt battery and, um, and it is much better. It will get better. And he said, no, they'll never take on. And, of course, transistor radios did take on. So he was very, very wrong about that. And that's, that's an example of what's happened all the way through. So you were prepared to challenge him. Oh, definitely. Yes. Because I knew electronically it would get better. Yes. So you had a young mind then and you were prepared to take the risk of challenging his mind. Yes. Mm, yes. But I did it very, very carefully too. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, he, yeah. he was still the boss. Yes. Well, that's excellent. It's a wonderful story. And it's a wonderful story about your pursuit right up until now. You'll be 86 by the time, 86, I think you'll be past 86 by the time the next eclipse occurs. So it'll be just past your birthday. 
and um, I can't wait to hear the adventures of your next eclipse after it occurs. So thank you very much for today's story. It's just been a delight. So keep loving your life, Dad, and telling your stories. Thank you so much for today. This is only part of our story. To hear the rest, leap forward to the next podcast and give us five stars wherever you listen. Love Your Life, Tell Your Story by Kathleen Marriott.